welcome back to Why This Film, the podcast where we reach back into your childhood, pluck out a movie, give it a rewatch and have a chat about it. I'm Emily Slade and welcome back. You watched it so many times before and now you're gonna watch it again. But it's been so many years since you last saw it and now you show it to your friends and they're like, what? What am I watching? Why? The, what is what? Why? Why this film? And I'm joined today by Jay. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hi, thank you. <laughs> um, very exciting. Your chosen movie today is 1996's Daylight, the IMDb breakdown. Disaster in a New York tunnel as explosions collapse both ends of it. One hero tries to help the people inside find their way to safety. Why this film? <laughs> I'm shocked no one had picked this before. Uh, had, had you, really? No, not at all. Had you had you heard of Daylight before? I, I suggested not it. even okay, a little bit. Good. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's a it's a very underseen, underremembered film. I think uh, it's like mid '90s disaster movie uh, when they were just getting a bit of a resurgence. And I just I didn't see a lot of films as a kid. We wasn't in a big film family. We didn't go to the cinema a lot. But this is one that like I remember seeing a lot on TV. Uh, mm-hmm. it, was, it was I was uh, nine when it came out in cinema, so I didn't see it in cinema. I, yeah. I know you didn't see it in cinema. Uh, yeah. I don't know if anyone <laughs> saw this in cinema. Uh, but it was on TV. I remember watching it a lot. Like me and my dad would watch it, and it just kind of stuck with me. And I, I mm-hmm. found a DVD box set a few years ago with this Twister and Vertical Limit, and I thought, yeah, I'm, nice. I, that's a, that's a trio of fantastic films. Fantastic, <laughs> not great films. What Twister's a classic? Yeah. Twister's incredible. Uh, but <laughs> Vertical Limit is isn't good. <laughs> and uh, daylight is is equal, uh, but it's a film I really enjoy. I like films where it's like a small group of people trapped in a situation trying to get out, and they kind of get killed off one by one. Mm-hmm. It's more like in a horror, like Final Destination, that kind of thing. Final Destination yeah. is my jam, uh, nice. but Daylight fits the bill as well. Definitely, it fits in there quite nicely next to Final Destination. Yeah. And it exactly fulfills the criteria of your podcast. And I showed it to my wife when we watched it, hey! and she was like, "Why are we watching this film?" So she literally quoted Aww. your podcast. Uh, <laughs> um. Amazing. Um, yeah, I had never ever even heard of this film before, let alone seen it. Um, uh, I try and go in blind if I've not seen a movie before, so I did. I watched it this morning, and I had no idea what it was about. And I'm not very familiar with the sort of action disaster genre like at all. Like okay. I was like, you know, this is Rob Cohen, whose name came up, and I was like, best director in the world directed the best movie in the world exactly the same year as Daylight so I wasn't watching Daylight because I was too busy watching Dragonheart and there's even a cast member that crosses over so I was like I trust it I trust this movie already inherently because it's Rob Cohen in 1996 um, and then it's a really lovely opening where we get introduced to like screenwriting 101 like the breakfast club vibes where everybody's sort of introduced in very fun interesting ways so they all end up in this tunnel and then, um, and we'll go into it in a little bit, but basically the, the tunnel obviously collapses, as is said in the IMDb breakdown, and I went, ooh, are they going to get, like, superhero powers? <laughs> because Daylight, I was like, that's a superhero movie name. And is Sylvester Stallone, and then he was on the outside of the tunnel, so I was like, oh... So, like, maybe they'll all get powers and he has to convince them to, like, use them for good or something. Because he's just a lowly taxi driver at this point. And I had this whole plot in my head. And then it started happening and I was like, oh, no, they just need to rescue them. Yeah. That's the plot. I, that, is, that is quite a leap to have made. 
that's that's a true watching this in the, in the 2020s having been yeah. like 15 years of marvel films oh this is this must Literally, be a precursor to must be <laughs> Um, in that sort of, there's that uh, found footagey sort of superhero movie, isn't there? Yes. With the like kid and the camcorders. I thought it was going to be that sort of vibe, but it okay. wasn't. It was a disaster movie. So then I was really intrigued because, as I said, it's not really my genre. I don't know anything about it, and therefore I don't know the tropes. So I was genuinely like, <laughs> "This is this Are film is nothing but tropes." To die? This is... Like this is the thing. <laughs> but I was like. I can see everyone's a fucking stereotype and it's like kind of lazy writing in some aspects of the characters at least. But then when you've got so many characters, you kind of need people to fall into little archetypes and they don't do it too badly, I think. Uh, I think when you think of a genre and its tropes, when you then actually watch it, it's never as bad and big as you think it's going to be mm-hmm. um it's still not great in places but it's fine i genuinely had a really good time and i got horribly emotional so many times because i was sat here like oh surely the trope is that everyone's going to be fine and everyone is not no, fine no, and no. i was very upset about that <laughs> yeah there is nothing original in daylight it is entirely comprised of other films have you seen the poseidon adventure from nope. okay that's uh, one of the one of the best disaster movies of all time is the Poseidon Adventure oh, okay. with with the original one with Gene Hackman and Ernest Borgnine, yeah. and basically that's daylight but on an upturned cruise ship. Oh, okay. You, you you can take yeah. a lot of the same exact sequences, exact yeah. uh, like the, well, the swimming underwater. Uh, the, yeah. <laughs> I, I was watching it and I got lots of Titanic. Yeah, yeah. Which in theory is a disaster movie. It absolutely I guess. is. Yes. Um, so yet to me it was completely fresh and original <laughs> and I was like wow the disaster movie's kind of fun like I'm really enjoying this I'm really getting on board with it um and I'm still fresh from the viewing so I've still got the adrenaline of the okay. like the adrenaline that the movie gives you yeah. but I'm sure I'll wind down in an hour's time and be like uh and I do have a couple of points already that I'm like uh okay. <laughs> well, I'd say like <laughs> my biggest uh disbelievable part of the film is that Stallone's character is called Kit Latura, which is my, my favourite Stallone name in the world. <laughs> it's because I thought everyone was calling him Kid, because that's a very New York thing, yeah. where he turns up and this old police officer man is like, alright kid, we get a bear, kid. And I was like, Kit, Kit, uh, like, and it made sense that the policeman was calling him Kid, and then we get onto the tunnel, and the like man who had an affair starts calling him Kid. I thought in my head and I was like this man is clearly like 45 years old like he's not a kid he's, he's seen why some are stuff. we calling him Kit and it wasn't until I literally went to IMDB and it was like Kit Latour and Kit I was like Latoura. oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. it's, it's um, a wonderful name <laughs> it's a great name and it sums him up perfectly this disgraced ex-cop who turned taxi driver who just needs to help out and if he hadn't like 12 people would have died yeah. which is really cool and it's really great that he uh, you know I mean mirror up to life he's like I've done the training we did a simulation of this I know how it works out and I want to follow that and everyone else is like nah it's, it's <laughs> very convenient like yeah. he's, he's just having, like th- this guy out of everyone in the whole city is the one who's trapped just outside the tunnel and he's the one who knows mm-hmm. every inch of the tunnel and he's a former but I bought it do you know what I mean like I was so this was so new to me that I bought everything yeah I didn't so the opening uh is great this is probably the first time I've ever seen a pre 
Fellowship Viggo Mortensen. Okay. Which was fun. Um, I, I always forget he's in this. Well, yeah, he is the first to go. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a shame because in any other movie, I think if this was made today, you, you kind of wouldn't have the Stallone character and it would be about the characters that were already trapped in the tunnel. Yeah. And I think Viggo would arise as a natural leader. Definitely. And it's such a shame because he seems to be on it right up until the... And I got this as a... Tra- in my head, I was ticking things off. I was like, that seems like a thing. Because, of course, Stallone comes in and is like, this is dangerous, you need to stop. And Viggo goes, no, no. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. And then he dies. I'm a professional escape artist. I I always find a way out. Dies. And it dies. And you're like... uh, And he just sort of like... like, He like drops to the floor, looks up, (laughs) smash. Doesn't move. Stands there for a full minute. Aragon. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's so annoying. But then at the same time, I was like, he has to die to prove to us and the people in the tunnel that this is a dangerous situation and that we need to listen to Sylvester Stallone. So I saw that coming. Just to stay on the deaths, I guess, as a running theme, what I didn't see coming was fucking George. George. Yes. He is the first character (laughs) that has stakes established. Mm -hmm. He is the first character who we meet that is a character that has someone waiting for him on the outside and a really lovely relationship built up at the very beginning and I was like this man will definitely survive yeah. because there's someone waiting for him got to get that bracelet to her uh he he's this is very much a kind of a trope of the guy who's like he's he's got the woman on the outside he's like a day from retirement that kind of thing where he's he's the one with the perfect life and he's a real emotional heart to the film and he's the one that you're going to really cry for. But the fact that there's, there's a whole action sequence of, the, of everyone of the tunnel, everyone odds at each other, they band together to save him. And they yeah. do. And he still dies later. So, he still dies. So that whole sequence of get because... together, nothing for nothing. And, and this is... That's a really interesting point about this movie. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of what feels like fun box ticking that if you step back and look at the movie as a whole, doesn't equate to anything so they all band together in a moment where they've all been arguing and they come together as a community of people and they save George and then later on they still argue and they still like break up and it hasn't solved their relationship massively and George still dies so you're like what was the point as a movie why did you do that Um, it's it's sad because Sylvester Stallone literally has to make like a decision to leave him behind because the whole time I was like off screen death doesn't count off screen death he's <laughs> George gonna appear. somewhere <laughs> yeah he's gonna come back like fucking the hound or whatever like he's coming back like I know it's come I know it's happening but um he never did no. and I was like fuck you movie because not only all of that of course George is black and like whilst he's not the first person to die it's still very much like no. you can't help but see it for the horror trope but like the second person to die is one of the black prisoners if we're just looking at the tunnel. Oh, of course. Yeah, so, I've yeah. completely forgotten about him. God, I'm awful. No, no. Well, I mean, that's that's <laughs> like... Hundreds of people die when the tunnel collapses. Literally. We have to assume all of the cars are empty with all the debris being dropped on yeah. them. But there's, no one paid any attention to that. But yeah, looking at the actual like, named characters after Viggo Mortensen, it is the, the big prisoner, whose name I do not yeah. know. Yeah. Who, who, again, just felt really off as a character to me. Um, very... Uh, just like the sort of angry, aggressive. 
I can, trope. I can, I, uh, yeah, it, it is. A, it is a trope. I can kind of understand that situation that you're in. You've just you, you're being in a prison transport, so you're already kind of heightened emotionally, and then you're, you're trapped underground. This guy is just like, emerged. The other guy's trying to find a way. It, it, your emotions are all over the place, so I can see somebody being uh, angry in that in that scenario. And I think that's the thing. I, I know how I would like to think I would react in that situation and it would be to stay alert and vigilant and follow the orders from the professional that I'm being told orders from um, but then of course that's why they bring up his ex his old scandal about how yeah. he'd previously left people to die and that often comes from the sort of sub antagonist if you will if the antagonist in a disaster movie isn't just the disaster um, it's Sarah who just keeps picking up that script whenever it's yep. needed to <laughs> well, have her, a little fit. <laughs> her, her husband Stephen isn't much better. I feel like in, in if I was underground, I would be that character, a person who just keeps on finding holes in the, in someone else's plans without providing anything, any semblance of a plan. All the time. No, that's not going to work because of this. I don't have an alternative. Yeah. I just know that's not going to work, and that would yeah, be that yeah. would be my role. <laughs> I don't want to do that because you came up with it. And what sucks is that, like, we're initially introduced to this family of three. It's the father, the mother, and then this 14-year-old daughter who, again, has a camcorder that amounts to nothing. It doesn't, like, get shown on the news afterwards with her footage. She just has camcorder. Uh, And then Bigger Mortensen spots it, uses it, and then it's never spoken of again. Um, And you're like, cool, good job, everyone. Um, And... We introduced this family, literally, and this is the thing, I thought the dad was going to die because he'd had an affair with Linda. And so instantly I was like, you are my greatest enemy. You are the worst person in this tunnel. And his wife's trying to patch the relationship up and the daughter's really angry with him. And then the disaster happens. The daughter instantly forgives everything and just wants to survive. The mum, whenever she feels like it, is just a pain in the ass to the point where I was like, God, I wonder if Linda would have been this much of a bitch if she'd have been down here. Like, you start to be like, I'm starting to see why he cheated on her. Like, she's yeah. really fucking horrible. So, something I'd always remembered before. We have the, the, the writer character, uh, Madeline, Amy Brenneman. Um, she yeah. she was she's like the New York writer with a terrible apartment, and when she's playing her messages, she plays a message from her her partner who hasn't left his wife. wife? And yeah. I always remembered, oh, that's the family that gets trapped down with them because he'd had an affair. And that, if if it was made today, I think that would be that would be the case. The, that would be a much be more because then you've got yeah, you've got much more stakes. But I instantly thought that, but then the videotape had like young children in it, and they have a fourteen year old. That's true. They yeah. don't know each other. Yes, yeah. So that's just yeah, like a, a also, misconnection in my memory. I think it was. <laughs> but it's an interesting thing that they have two affairs happening. Yeah. For two. It's like they couldn't think of anything else. They were like, "God, what do women do? <laughs> they sleep with married have affairs, men, I guess." Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, oh, what do horrible husbands do? Sleep around, I yeah. guess. And like the two ended up with the same trope, even though that's another thing that comes to the sort of and then nothing about it happened because Amy is set, uh, Madeline, sorry, is set up in this beautifully awful <laughs> down on her luck opening yeah. where you're meant to be like she is the person we are 100% meant to get behind because she's having her Billy Peltzer Charlie Bucket opening right now 
um, where everything sucks, and you're Cockroach like, yeah, everything's going to be different. Yeah, that she she's like freaks out. She has this brilliant moment in the tunnel where she's like, I'm sick of your shit, New York, New York. Um, and then at the very end of the movie, after all of that. She's like, I have to ride in the ambulance with you because I don't have an apartment and my life sucks. And I was like, brilliant. So nothing changed. (laughs) Nothing changed. (laughs) There was no arc there. No. There's not even really, there's only a very semi-implied relationship with Sylvester Stallone set up. Like, they don't kiss or anything. So You you shouldn't come to disaster movies for character progression. That's not what they're for. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because they should be the best opportunity for that because it's like an ensemble play again it's like the breakfast club but you're just having to dodge I don't know explosions every now and then but it should be a brilliant piece that allows characters to progress and develop and change each other and help each other but instead but they don't instead they're like more explosions (laughs) more (laughs) water character development water from this direction now so fun because again I'm not used to the disaster movie so I was like oh no there's water what are they gonna do and then I got into the habit of understanding that I was meant to be like ooh how are they gonna get out of this situation and that's where the fun comes from oh, it's, it's always blow it up obviously. it's always blow it up yeah. that's how they solve every problem it blow it up <laughs> and Sarah's like what um, but yeah so, so we've had three four deaths already and then then you think Cooper is dead. I think the dog dies. And I got so close (sighs) to stopping this movie and being like, how dare you? I wouldn't do that to you, Emily. I I can't believe you've done this. We've not even met. And you're making me watch not only a dog, a dog that is the replacement of a dead son dog. No, it's it's the dead (sighs) son's dog. So it's even worse. But like... So, but like it covers both. It's yeah. the dead son's dog, and it's a replacement of the dead son. Um, I mean, I, which... I would not have made my wife watch a film with two dogs in it, with a dead dog. Because we, we have two dogs. She's had dogs all her life. I wouldn't. That's not. That's you not. Do that too no. <laughs> no, I am legend in your house. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that, that's a, and she used to have German shepherds as well. So that's a film we we oh have God. never watched that film. No, it's banned. <laughs> I can't even talk about it. Um, it's really sad. You think the dog's dead, and the worst bit to come out of the dog being dead is that the dog's not actually dead but before we realize that before <laughs> eleanor realizes that she dies she's died of heartbreak <laughs> and hypothermia what's and hugging her husband it's hypothermia it's like it like you know it's heartbreak because it she just loses all hope she's yeah. like that that was our dog hug me i'm gonna die now and I'm going to start crying for this stupid 90s disaster movie because it's so sad. And they it's leave her so behind. Sad. And they, they, they leave her behind. They leave, they leave the her steps. floating corpse behind like she's Jack in Titanic. And <laughs> and then the fucking dog has the audacity to show his face again. <laughs> and you're like, do you know what you've done, Cooper? He was, just, he, was just, he was just off chasing dead. a rat somewhere. He was just having a time of his life. He was like, a little, just paddling around on the water. Oh my god, no, that was that was really horrible. Um just the the whole journey of that was just awful. And then I think that's uh, cuz I thought the dad who had an affair because he had an affair, 
he was going to have to be punished. Oh, And no. therefore, um, <laughs> Madeline would also be punished because she had an affair as well. So when Madeline was left behind, I was like, okay, she'll die then with Sylvester Stallone, I guess. Because, like, people would die in this movie, I guess. Um, and that's her pun- her movie punishment. And then... I thought the dad would sacrifice himself. I thought there'd be a moment yeah. where someone would have to stay behind to like hold something. But then I was like, he's just patched things up with his family and he's got a 14-year-old girl. Like I would she would be in therapy for the rest of her fucking life if he were to make the decision to be like I am going to stay behind and die for everyone else. Yeah. When Sylvester Stallone's there kind of doing that anyway. So then I was like, maybe that won't happen and then it didn't and if anything, he saved the day by following the instructions to leave. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I guess that was his heroic moment where he patched things up with his daughter, I guess. I don't know. There, again, there wasn't any clear, linear character stuff anywhere much. Um, no. But it was still really fun. It was a really fun... Um, I mean, the, the explosion... The, the one at the start kickstarts yes. the whole thing is incredible like i don't go in for like exploding movies but i i was like laying there and i was like wow that was really cool like that was a really fun cinematic moment yeah. like i i, I, I love the, <laughs> the kind of the cause of it just these two different nefarious acts of disease the, the yeah. covert uh, uh transporting of these massive barrels of dangerous explosives and the jewellery <laughs> robbery coincide with yeah. the, the dumbest robbers in, in all of history with like no- and <laughs> just the, the high speed chase into the tunnel there's no way out of the tunnel other than the way you came in like you're getting caught if you drive into the tunnel you're getting caught and literally uh. like and I I got confused because from because the tunnel goes to Jersey hmm. And in Hamilton, they say everything is legal in Jersey. Okay. <laughs> and the I don't think they goes... include diamond robberies. Okay. <laughs> and the policeman goes, that kid's a genius. He's going into the tunnel. We'll get our boys from Jersey onto it. And I was like, oh, maybe it was a smart move to go to the tunnel. It's, it's like, not Mexico. Stupid. It's, not, it's not like crossing yeah, the border. Yeah, like, freedom. <laughs> go, baby, Einan. Because the, the gem thief number three also plays young King Einan in Dragonheart. And okay. I was like, hey! <laughs> he had a great run in 1996 and yeah, was then never in worked again. <laughs> yeah. Rob Cohen was like, all right, I'll do you one more favor, kid. Um, but yeah, so it and it's it's weird again that they are so separate because it opens with this. Again, I didn't know what this movie was about. And when there's suspicious barrels that people are trying to smuggle somewhere, I was like, clearly. Yeah, like, nothing, things are going to go magic. all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, the the jewelry thief happens, and it's it's just really fun. It's really fun when you're introduced to lots of different characters, and then you're reintroduced to them in the same place, and you're like, oh, they're gonna meet. It's like Avengers <laughs> 2012 all over again when the trailer dropped, and there was Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man in the same shot, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I know all of you separately. <laughs> Um, and it was, it's really fun. And, but then 
there are some characters that get more screen time than others inevitably, which to me I would be like drop some characters yeah. and expand on others. But <laughs> I, I don't know if we needed all of the prisoners. I I, I could have done without yeah. like Stallone's and... son, uh, Sage Stallone, plays one of them, and he he's like hitting on the fourteen year old girl. Yeah, I was uh, like, what are you what are you doing? Maybe we could talk about this when we're not fighting for our fucking yeah. lives. And like father, like son, he's like, if we don't die in here, maybe I could call you later. And she's like, ha, 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 okay. he's twenty and like, she is fourteen. She's fourteen. That is not okay. Awful, awful. And then fucking runs in the family because right at the very end, uh, where she's like, my life is still shit, even though I've just been through all of that. I need to ride in the ambulance with you because I don't have any insurance because America or whatever. And he's like, but guess what though? We're going to have to take the bridge. I was like, Sylvester, people died. <laughs> people just fucking died. Like, at least wait 24 hours before you start cracking, like, puns. I mean, yeah, but you gotta, you got to let people leave the cinema on a high. No. You, you can't just, <laughs> like, let's just, we'll just take a moment here and just think about the, the souls we've to lost like, today fade yeah, to black. I want it to be like the talking <laughs> dead where it's like, remember those who were lost. And then it like it's like, ah, and everyone's like face comes up in black and white. <laughs> And then we get to leave because there are consequences to disaster movies and it's not fair that we're just expected to move on because some other major event's happening. Like, these people are going to be traumatised. They're going to be in therapy. Is there a day like two where we see the consequences of, like... I mean, I'd watch it. I'm here for <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> think there is. it's just, like... It's just everyone in the in the therapist's waiting room, like, mulling over what they went through. <laughs> and then that, that another tunnel collapse. It's an underground waiting room. And so that collapses and they get trapped in the waiting room. <laughs> and they all just fucking lay down and die because yeah. they're like, not again. <laughs> it's a much cheaper film. <laughs> but we, we, you can't have that morbid moment at the end. Just like Infi- Infinity War. I hated Infinity War when I first saw it just because it's such a downer. It, it, and I just... So, so all yeah. these characters died. I want want happiness. Like I see Marvel <laughs> films because they're big explosions. Yeah, yeah. Fun times. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, all of your favourite characters are dead. Wah, wah. Yeah. Roll credits. <laughs> no, I loved it. I loved how more... I mean, this is the person who, as a child, opted for the 1975 Japanese animated version of The Little Mermaid rather than Disney's because Fair they enough. kept the original ending <laughs> where she dies and turns into sea foam. And I was like, yeah! <laughs> I, 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 at four years old, I apparently laughed when Bambi's mum got shot. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Heartless! Um, but I loved the ending of Infinity War because it was just like... Oh my god, they did it! Yeah, like they went yeah. through with it. It's like when um, Maggie Gyllenhaal gets blown up in Batman, and you're like, "Oh my god, anything can fucking happen yeah. now." Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I respect when they make these moves. Up. So, yeah. Exactly, and so I read something where Sylvester Stallone's character was meant to die at the end, which again would tie in quite nicely because it's like. He was the only one to survive last time, and this yeah. was his one last hurrah to prove himself, and then he would die a hero. But uh, now he just survives as a hero and probably gets his own job back because the other guy di- died. If he died, that would have been a, a very close oh, recreation of the Poseidon Adventure. Because that's how Poseidon Adventure dies. Oh. That ends just with the main character. Spoiler for the Poseidon Adventure. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still a very good film up to that point. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. I, I feel like they couldn't. That would have just been too, too on the nose. Yeah, uh, there yeah, is a Poseidon yeah, yeah. Adventure 2 actually there is a Beyond the Poseidon Adventure oh. with like Michael Caine comes back to salvage the ship he's not in the first one he just comes back to Triton so like, oh, people cool. could come and try and salvage the fallen tunnel they could be like uh, the diamonds the diamonds from the crash the diamonds oh, here we go. there that's why they did it quick fucking green light it <laughs> Michael Caine needs to come back get? 
I want Elliot Page. I thought he would work really well in this movie. Uh, I want Michael Caine would be yeah. great. Michael Caine is the sort of like guy on the walkie-talkie. Yeah, like, I think he's a little, little old for to be going down scav- there and, and doing it now. Um, yeah. Oh my god, so good. Um, I would fucking want, and like it'd be perfect because people are in that real sort of resurgence of let's bring back everything from the '90s because everything's yeah. miserable now and everyone was kind of chill back then because it was pre 11 and you could blow things up without yes. any consequences. <laughs> is explosions in New York. You don't. Yeah. You don't do that anymore. <laughs> And I mean, there was the shot at the end, obviously, to establish that we were in New York. Um, there was a big old shot of the uh, two towers at the end. Right after the joke, it was then like shot yeah. of the two towers. And you're like, good God, like, you can't. <laughs> Do you have no shame? <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny, isn't it? Like you, it's, you can't ever help watching old things where they're like, and the two towers, because New York, and not be like, oh, God. Uh... Darkest yeah. day in American history. It's like watching watching shows now where people are like close to each other and coughing. Yeah. Just, just, You're like, ah! <laughs> what are you doing? Stop! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, when George, oh, may he rest in peace. Oh. It was when he was like, my neck's broken, isn't it? And I was like, no, don't say that. Oh my god, that might mean that you may have to be left behind. And I don't want that. I want you to be like craned out by someone and handed back to the woman that you were going to go on a date with this evening. It never happened. But even then, I was like, put the dog on George. What are you doing? You have a dog there. Put him on the dog. Like, put the dog on him to keep him warm. Yeah. Like, that's what people do. You're meant to put dogs on people to keep them warm. That's why you have a dog in a disaster movie. And yeah, like, he might lick your face while you're there. Everyone has a good time. Especially the Um, dog. Yeah, my notes here are just caps lock. Are you fucking kidding me? She died for nothing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's a sad moment. I'm sorry to have put you through that, Emily. I apologise. I just, like... Like, well, I'd rather the dog stay dead than have <laughs> Eleanor die of, like... That's how much I feel about I mean, this I'd rather the dog come back before she died, but okay. If well, we can pick. yeah. If, but, like, I feel like they ha- we were at that point in the movie where I was like, someone has to go. Like, we're running out of time. We've got 20 minutes left and no one's died in a while. Like, someone's got to go. And then when Madeline falls back in with... Um, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Um... I was like, God, like, that was really interesting because she then, because they refused, he kept saying, fucking leave, fucking go without me, leave me behind. And she was like, no, no, I'm going to be a hero because I'm on the high ground and I've got leverage. And then the minute she was in the pool, she was like, you better fucking stay and save me. And people were like, no, we're going to go save ourselves, obviously, because that's what he's been telling us to do for ages. And she fucking freaks out. And I like it because it's very realistic, that panic and fear of, like, imminent death. But I was like, how the turns have tabled, eh, Madeline? Like, not everyone can be a hero. Yeah. Should have thought about that, shouldn't we? You got yourself into this mess, Madeline. (laughs) It's very mean. I felt very misogynistic watching this because I was like, God, the women are stupid. I'm <laughs> glad you're coming suck. with that opinion and not me. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, I, and I think it's the way that it's written and the way that it's presented. And that's obviously a massive problem because I, I hate it. I hate that I'm like, man, that guy should have stayed with Linda. Sarah's a massive bitch. Or like 14-year-old 
Ashley, who's like, yeah, you can give me a call if we literally survive this horrible incident, which currently has no way out. That's okay. Or you've got Madeline, who's like, just like, she can't make her mind up whether she's brave or not. She just screams the whole time and is just miserable and has no happy comeuppance, mm-hmm. which is just awful. Like fucking Patricia Arquette in Boyhood. You're like, at any point now, you could give us something nice, but you're not going to, and now the movie's over. Brilliant, thank and, you. And uh, the female prisoner whose main role is just kind of shriek. To scream. And scream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to scream at other people, to scream... Uh, rats. Because rats. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a lot of rats. You've been through a lot. I can understand people screaming. It was a lot of rats, <laughs> but like she was the only one that was really yeah. making a big deal of it. And I was like, oh, of course. Like it's not going to be like, I don't know, the old man who might have had a run in with a rat when he was a kid and is now petrified of them. Like, no, it's. His it's wife her. just died. He's got enough to think about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she dies of heartbreak <laughs> <laughs> and hypothermia. Um, so, and I mean, you know, it's not fair for me to sit here and say it's a bad portrayal of women because I don't think anyone came off well in this movie because they weren't worried about character so much as let's get some people in that have some stuff to get. This is the thing. No one had any sort of arc that this I guess get closest out. to an That's arc. It is that um, they, the family needed to reunite. And I'm sure once they've all calmed down, they'll still be like, so you still cheated on us? Like, <laughs> you still you still suck. And mum, like, what was that? Yeah. You're, you're Fucking... not good in a crisis at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remind me to never get trapped in a tunnel with you again, yeah. mum. Like, at one point, she's literally like, Kit, I'm really, really sorry about what my mum just said to you, but please can you help us? <laughs> Sarah, look at what you made your daughter do. And after they've it's saved, so saved George and they're kind of looking around like, there's water pouring in, what do you do? He hasn't really got a plan. She's like, we trusted you. For what? It's like, what was your alternative exactly here? Like, what, Yeah, what? like to get this far, to still be alive right now. <sighs> and it's... she's the one that's like, I read in a newspaper that you were a disgrace. I was like, oh, do you believe everything that journalists say? Like, I've been there with conversations with police people and I have an idea of what's going on with Sylvester Stallone. How about you wake up and smell the subtext, lady? And he was an emergency service person for many years prior to this, presumably, would have saved dozens, hundreds, thousands of people before that point. And one time it goes wrong. Uh, and and what's really fun is that they explain why he lost his job and it's because it was that guy's literal brother mm-hmm. and it was like a passionate decision, which then of course got leaked to the newspapers because they love over emotion. Yeah. Um, so I really liked how it was like, yes, he lost his job and it seemed like it was a scandal, but it, it did also seem like a very ordinary situation that a police officer would find themselves in and decisions were made and tragedy happened. But it just so happened that it was his brother. Yeah. So he, like, personally... Which is very bad. Why is this man a fucking policeman? This is George. This is Sylvester Sloan's mate from the force who doesn't have the courage to speak to the current captain in charge to let him know that maybe there's an alternate route and then, oh, he's dead. And then George comes back and he's commander-in-chief, like, acting officer acting or chief, whatever. Right? So act. <laughs> so fucking act. And he's like, I'm scared. I don't want to do it. And it's like, 
how do you still have a job? And he's the person that's like, you killed my brother, I'm firing you. It's like, who are you, George? Like, that's, that's Dan Hodeo, who's an actor I really enjoy. He's been in a lot of things in the 90s. Uh, but I, I was annoyed that the, uh, the initial chief died. Because he seemed to yeah. be the one who had the bigger problem. The guy from Aliens. He's the guy who had a bigger problem with with Kit, and then he dies immediately. Because so you yeah. know, you don't ever get that that moment of there's no there's the resolution between the two of them. It's just able ah, to do ah, what he wants dead. now. Yeah, it's yeah. like you can't be here, and then the other guy's like you can't be here, and then George is like I guess he can be here. It's fine. He's my friend. He knows what he's doing. I fired him stupidly. Uh, and I, then at the end they put the like chief thing on him and I was like Ehh. well that, that's it that, it's, it's, it's Frank is his, his friend and he's saying like who's where the hell's the chief standing in front of me right in front of me as far as I'm concerned so Frank is on board with Kit being in charge because it means that Frank's got to yeah. make any decisions I think because he's worthless yeah uh, but then the, the guy who died the chief who dies uh, the person who says it can't be done is always interrupted by the one who just did it it's a terrible yeah. line of dialogue it's so clunky <laughs> I don't know how he managed so to get through it like quickly. <laughs> Actors are incredible the way they can say funky yeah, dialogue, terrible lines, <laughs> and not walk straight up to the screenwriter and be like, what "Rewrite it." Come on, I'm a human being. This is bullshit. <laughs> how do humans say? Would these you things? say this? <laughs> Awful. Um, I really liked the little cameo of the like businesswoman that turned up in her like grey suit with her like ice blonde hair, and she was like. I don't care about the people inside the tunnel. Yes. We must just collapse it because we have traffic problems. And they're like, what, lady? You're crazy. All of the people are like, lady, what are you doing? And she's like, get it done. And they're like, well, I guess we can't argue with that. <laughs> the city is bleeding and that tunnel is an artery. <laughs> yeah, which was a really nice line. And I was like, ooh, it's so corporate. Yeah, it's so that's, cold. Uh, that would be the, the Tilda Swinton role today, I think. She would, she would, would kill that role. Yes. <laughs> But she, and it that's was such the film's a short, villain. Small role. She's yeah. the biggest villain of the film, and she's in one scene. <laughs> but she's memorable. I love it. Mm. She may even have an English accent. Like I'm well, not her sure. name I is Miss never... London, so that would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tropes. They were like, must be English, I guess. We'll just name her after the capital city of England. Like that'll do it, right? Um, love it, love it. And like, they all are just like, yeah, seems fine. Like, guess we'll just start digging. Uh, I wouldn't know shit. All these people, when stuff starts happening, it's like, the pressure in here, it's not going to be able to withstand it. Blah, blah, blah. They're not thinking about the pressure. (laughs) I would be there like, I do not know how anything works. Just tell me where to go. And then they'll be like, hold your breath and go under this tunnel underwater. And I'll be like, I'll wait. I'll just sit here. It's fine. I'm not doing that. So the the, the biggest set piece of the film is uh, Kit's mission to get into the tunnel through the spinning Mm. fans. Which, unfortunately, this came out six months after the first Mission Impossible film. Like, same year. Uh, and I felt no. like that, that had a very similar dangling from the ceiling, getting right, very tense situation. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you think about that sequence? Was that, like, your favourite part I, of the film? <laughs> it's, it's funny. Like, when they first got there, because it's such a fun setup, they have a little mini model, and he's like, how are you going to get in? I and love the like, model. I love models in films. Up. It's so cool. It's like Die Hard. And he, like, lifts a little trap up. And he goes here, and he flicks the spinning fan, and it starts spinning. That's a well-made model. Big spinning fan, and yeah, like someone put heart and soul into that. They're like, I'm gonna make the little model. It's gonna be so fun. This is before 3D printers. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's like someone spent hours gluing, and it works really nicely. And then it cuts to the big fans, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be 
awesome. Um, and so there's like four fans that he has to get through on different levels and two each and a have half a timer. minutes like, yeah, a, yeah. Gi- a giant screen time. I don't know what, who that timer is for I, I thought that I was like thank god someone thought to put a yeah. timer in there in case this situation ever happened because this can only happen one time in these fans lives he's like... got 45 seconds to get through the first one then th- no, like, sorry a minute then 45 seconds then 30 seconds then 15 seconds yeah why for, yeah, what, and once once it's happened, you can't shut them down again. You can't go back. It's it's pure plot it's contrivance. Brilliant! It's like invented by the Joker. Yeah, like. It, it's like that the end of Galaxy Quest when they have the yeah. the, the yeah. ships been designed for an action Why? sequence. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> it's because it's in the show. <laughs> But there's no funny excuse here. It's just that's how no, these fans in New York is. work. We just, um, it's, it's a reverse engineered action sequence. And it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and so that, I was like, I'll, I'll buy into it. <laughs> like, I'll go along with it. It's fun. And the first fan, they have to use a big th- spanner. Like an like an oversized comical spanner yeah, that's just like a round. to be on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, quick, use this. To like jam it in and, and slow it down. And he goes through. And I was like, yes, let's go. And it's like, luckily the timer as well is beeping away. And then it gets starts really beeping when it starts getting down to zero. Because it's like, beep, beep, beep. Quick, Sylvester, you got to get to... And by the third fan, I was like, can we get into the tunnel now, please? Yeah, we don't need four I am of bored. these. <laughs> he's going to make it through. It's still only we're 20 Isn't, minutes I into the I was like, film. he's probably going to be fine. Yeah. Like, worst case, he might get a little injured that he'll have to deal with later on. Gangrene setting in. Maybe he'll lose a limb. I don't know, but probably not. Because um, yeah. he'd already used his tie to cauterize somebody else's wound, so he can't do that anymore. So... I'm sure he'll be fine. It was funny. He had to, like, chop something off of him at some point. I was like, why did you choose to go down that way? Like, something was getting caught in oh, the thing, yeah. and he had to, like, slice it off, like his walkie-talkie or something. something like, and yeah. I was like, why? Like, I did... Initially, I was like, yeah, this is really fun. I'm buying into the disaster movie action trope thing. And by the third fan, I was like, I'm bored. <laughs> and then when he, get, when he gets in, he gets in, he gets out of the tunnel, and everyone's just so annoyed to see him. And I was like, great, you're here. Are you it? (laughs) We can go back to the UK. No, you can't. Trust me, you you cannot. cannot. I mean, feel free, but uh, (laughs) I wouldn't. What do you mean? You came down here and you don't even have a plan? Um, Really nice set pieces within the tunnel. Bit confusing at points. Like They get to a bit with lots of stairs leading up to this huge Jesus statue. And I was like, why Jesus? That was part of a, uh, I think it's part of a bunker. Yeah, and they were like, oh, it's got, like, a kitchen and whatever. Yeah. Like, it's briefly mentioned on the plans by somebody. So I, it was fine, but I was like, what a funny choice to have as a big thing that you have to move out the way. Because it just reminded me of when Viggo Mortensen does his wonderful, so charismatic, like, I don't mind Sylvester Stallone, and I think he does a good job in this movie, and I've not really seen him in any other things, because I just, he's not, That's he's in something, he's not my favorite I'm not going to watch yeah. it. But I was like, Viggo Monson is very watchable, like, I love him anyway, he's a very good actor, he's very charismatic, and he has this wonderful speech where he's like, if you're a prayer, start praying now. If you're not, maybe it's time to pick it up. And everyone's like, <laughs> and they're like, oh, off you go, Viggo. And he really keeps morale up and he's 
a real superhero. Sylvester comes and everyone's like, who the fuck are you? I fuck, get out of here, we hate you. Um, so again, I was like, this is why Vigo should have survived everyone. Like, everybody was on board with Vigo. <laughs> he had but, the speech prepared. <laughs> had a big old speech. He, like, ta- taught her how to do the camera angle. It was cute. But he obviously mentions religion a lot in his little speech before he goes in as a joke and then there was a big Jesus statue that has to be removed because that's the way out and I was like is this pro-religion is it anti-religion is it a callback to Vigo is it not is it where Vigo failed is it symbolic or was someone just like how about a Jesus <laughs> probably uh, that I, I, again I'm going back to the Poseidon adventure because the main character in that one is a preacher uh, he's, uh, it's uh, Gene Hackman's character and he's uh, his he has a showdown against God at the end where he's like, just, why do you keep throwing things in our way? And just, and just, angry, just shouting and screaming at God. That so. sounds really good. That sounds like a proper arc and a theme. Sylvester Stallone's bit is that he's, I don't know, trying to regain his honor, like Zuko. Like, yeah. that's it, really. <laughs> like. I never thought we'd compare this to Greece, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's um oh no not Danny Zuko <laughs> from Greece, <laughs> Zuko the Fire Lord's son from Avatar and the Last Airbender. Okay, um, I... <laughs> that's so funny, <laughs> Zuko. Um, yeah no so again in the Poseidon Adventure that sounds awesome like man versus God a question of your own faith when when faced with the wrath of the environment like. That sounds awesome. This was just, and I guess we'll put a Jesus there. Yeah, that the seems to be it. Like, wh- what could they have under here? I don't know, a church? Yeah. End of thought? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I started to think, like, what you could... Because then I was like, well, it's nice. It's a nice image. It's a nice sort of, like, it's something, you know, rather than just have, like, shards of metal that mm. they would have to rip out the way. Like, at least it's, like, something yeah. that's, like, yeah. cool I guess, but I was just trying to read too much into it, forgetting what genre I was watching. <laughs> it, it is a shame that Vigo dies. I think like he's the the most interesting character in this character. He like, is, uh... and this is the, I would have liked to have seen him interact with Sylvester Stallone more. Yeah. The only thing we get is the sort of denial of call to adventure and then death. Like he, he was born six weeks premature. His own mother couldn't keep him in. So, so cool! Like... I was like, I'd hate you if I met you in real That's life. That's not but how this it is works. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, like don't wear that as a badge of pride. Like your mum probably had a really stressful time, both physically and emotionally. Because he could have been, he could be like a more active villain going through as well, like really butting heads. Exactly, with him. and because he was like a setup. And this is the thing: when you have such big setups of characters. And his is quite big, and Madeline's is quite big, compared to, say, the prisoners who have one small conversation. Yeah. Um, but then Vigo dies so early on, and you're like, I thought because you'd established so much about him that we were going to spend more time with him, whereas other characters we literally meet so briefly before the disaster happens, and then we spend much more time with them. Because he's got a whole, like, boardroom scene showing off his, like, the territory beyond, it's still out there, his whole whole brand. A huge brand. He's famous, like, George knows him, he has his shoes. He's charismatic, he's a good businessman. It's bigger He's also a bit of an adventurer. (laughs) It's fucking Aragon. This wasn't his first film. He'd been been working for a decade at this point. Yeah, I, I assume, like, I... 
there's no such thing as an overnight success and like it just so happened that the type of movies that Viggo Mortensen was in pre Lord of the Rings I probably wasn't watching because A I was too young and B they probably weren't interesting to me but I mean, you got things like, like how... Crimson Tide it's a submarine film which is. It's, it's a submarine movie I haven't seen it but I hear he's good in it like, nice. I'm uh, sure he is because he's Viggo Mortensen and he's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, and uh, Witness, Carlito's Way. These are f- films I'm aware of and have seen a long yeah. time ago. But So he's not, yeah. not, not in nothing. An episode yeah. of Miami Vice. Good for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, I imagine he's like um, Alexander Skarsgård who came, came to prominence in True Blood and then you go back and watch old movies and you're like, oh, there he is in yeah. Zoolander and there he is in this and there he is in that. Um kind of thing so you can yeah it's fun um but i agree i think he would have been a much better villain than just sarah sitting there and bitching yeah um and they could have really butt heads and then he could have had a nice sacrifice moment where he redeems himself but dies and then that adds to sylvester stallone losing another person more so than the because they his whole issue is that he left people behind to die and he survived and he lost his job and he lost his friends and it was a huge scandal and now he's a taxi driver and the first thing he does given an opportunity is leave George behind and it doesn't seem to have any emotional impact on him whatsoever even though that's his whole thing and it's like what? Yeah. <laughs> I can't explain it. But yeah, it's just, it's true. What you're saying is true. That's, that's what like, happens in the film. At no point did Sylvester Stallone. I mean, I don't know what he's like as an actor. He seems like a very nice person, from what I've read. But at no point, because I always struggle. Because I'm an actor, and I always struggle not to be like, um, whenever I'm given a script or anything. Because I'm like, this doesn't a hundred percent add up thematically and therefore I don't agree with it you, you like um, to have a job I don't understand <laughs> which is why I don't get any work um, <laughs> but yeah like it not not because you know this is this is Sylvester Stallone in 1996 when they filmed part of this movie in Rome he insisted on staying in like a ridiculously expensive hotel that was $3,600 a night Jeez. and they were there for three weeks and they let him do that. <sighs> so would he not put the same care and passion and insistence into, hey, my character's all about this and you make me do this very early on and there seems to be no emotional consequences to my character's decision-making from this point onward or anything? Like, it doesn't... Makes sense. Like, does he just show up and read the lines? Maybe he does. I, I, Maybe that's what makes a good actor. I think so. Well, I mean, he's he's a writer as well, Stallone. Like, he he wrote Rocky. Oh my god! Well, then, fucking even more so. Like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you need to die. That's your whole thing. He's been in some terrible films, so I would imagine he he a lot of things he just does for the paycheck. Like things like uh, St- uh, "Stop My Mum Will Shoot" is a, an awful. <laughs> Awful film, <laughs> and, oh, wow. and I was like, Oscar, and some of the the Rocky sequels aren't aren't great. I've seen more yeah. Stallone films than I really want to, uh, but things like yeah, I don't I, think I've seen any Stallone films. I I love Demolition Man. It is a stupid, stupid film where <laughs> um, <laughs> he's like he's frozen in the past and thawed out in the distant future of 1997 to Ooh. to fight off against um oh. I can't remember his name. God damn. Uh, but he's like, he's like a, a cop who's another disgraced cop. Uh, no, <laughs> I feel like there's a, 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 a thing going on here. Wesley uh, Snipes? Wesley Snipes. That's, yeah, I couldn't... Nice. My apologies, right. Wesley Snipes. Uh, I could name fell out of my head. But yeah, he, he's... 
Wesley Snipes is fantastic. He's the Vigo of, of this film, where he's like, the reason you're watching this film is for Wesley Snipes. But uh, it's yeah, like, and, Sa- and Sandra that's Bullock. Okay. And... For Sylvester Stallone to be that sort of action everyman. Yeah. I get it. I just it's a genre I never really bought into and like I can really see myself get frustrated with it. Even in things like Last Christmas, uh you may have seen on the podcast I did a drunk Christmas and I watched Jingle All the Way for the first time and I couldn't get behind Arnold Schwarzenegger because I was like, <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> Jingle All the Way is isn't this? a good film. <laughs> it's very, very bad and a lot of people have a lot of nice things to say about it and I don't understand it. And I, it's because he's playing his macho man yeah. action movie person and I'm like, You suck. <laughs> I mean the the nice things I have to say about Jingle All the Way are revolve around Phil Hartman. Yeah, and, yes, and various yes, else. Same. So <laughs> if you listen to that episode, we're very much on Ted's side. We can't understand why she doesn't leave Arnold Schwarzenegger for Ted. I <laughs> like, mean, Ted is kind of creepy. Uh, no, like, he, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, we have a whole conversation about it. He's fine. <laughs> okay, fine. I mean, um, <laughs> like, she, like, she's as bad as... She's made for Arnold Schwarzenegger in the end. But yeah, uh, and considering he has third billing, Viggo Mortensen... And such a, and he's one of the first characters we meet after George. Yeah. Because this is the thing. We meet George Vigo. Sorry, let me not mix up actors and characters. <laughs> Roy Nord is his character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Madeline, Roy, and... What the hell is George on here? He's not even up there. We do, we do meet George prior to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on the IMDb, here we go. George Tyrell. Stan, Stan Shaw. Shaw. Yeah. Um, and we meet those three, like, first, and they all have a good, like, two minutes dedicated to them. And within the first hour of the movie, two of them are dead. And That's you're true, like, yeah. why did you bother wasting my time getting to know these people? Whereas, like, the other, the second guy who dies, we literally get one sentence where he's like, yes, I used a gun for that robbery, what? Yeah, they're talking about how like, he, he's stupid for using a gun, whereas the other guy makes more money selling so phones. Using... They both yeah. still got caught in a gun to prison. So yeah. I'm not sure what the point there is, but and yeah. like there's like a line where he's like, "Why are you in this transport then? If if you're so clever, blah blah blah." And he's like, "I shouldn't have bought that BMW with cash." I was like, "Who are? Why? Why have criminals? Like a lot of things do that. It's like in The Dark Knight. Like why specifically have criminals?" Unless you're going to make a point about the American prison system or how, like, you know, in The Dark Knight, it's that criminals aren't all bad. Maybe they just got mad one day and murdered someone. But, like, look, they're not going to murder that entire group of people. Whereas the non-criminals, they can't wait to do it. Yeah, they can't wait to do it. That capitalist man. And, again, it's just a little odd when it, like, are you trying to shorthand something? Exactly. Like, are you trying to tell us something without having to say anything. Yeah. And and but in this movie I don't know what it is because all of the criminals have like different one of them's very scared, one of them screams a lot, one of them dies and one of them Sylvester Stallone's son and like not, not I, I feel like it is just innocent. it is just broad strokes. I mean we don't we don't spend a lot of time with them or with the old couple or with the mm. the other the family. They just have like one conversation each and you you get bare bones of a uh, 2D character from each of them and then that's that's yeah. all you need just you understand who these people are these are people these are criminals that's yeah. all you need to know just and I guess they're, but like 
it's never brought up not once that people like like I expected there to be a classic you know the middle class family or whatever being like I'm not escaping from this disastrous tunnel with them <laughs> they're prisoners <laughs> they might murder us at any given opportunity we're back to Titanic aren't we with like, oh, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the better half of the boat won't, won't be killed <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly but that doesn't happen. So again, I'm just like, why make them prisoners when yeah. you could have just made them like students in a car? Yeah. It just so happens that that's also the most diverse aspect of this cast, and they're all in orange jumpsuits. I, I suppose it could add to uh, Madeline has to like save uh, Mikey. I think it is from when yeah. from the, the the truck is overturned. She's got to she's got to release them. She's got to free them by unlocking the gate at least, mm-hmm. and then. So, but that could add to why she's scared. Could, like, she, nothing needs to be added to this. She's already in a dangerous yeah, situation. Yeah, this is the thing. <laughs> or is it for us to be like, oh, look, she's so good because she even yeah. helped criminals? Yeah. It's like, no, the tunnels collapsed and everybody <laughs> here is human. <laughs> Humans. Um, and I, I couldn't tell if that was what we were meant to be thinking or whether it was more than that. It was just an odd choice. I don't know. And, like, some people got really deep into their backstory. Like, our son died. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> that was a nice little monologue to give the, that, the old lady before she died. Before she <laughs> died. And that's why they did it. So we cared yeah. about her death. That's, that's, that's very much a trope uh, in but... disaster films. If someone gets a big character moment, their days are numbered. You're like, oh, R.I.P. to you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... Um, I would have liked, mainly because he was young Einan, and I was like, hey, it's young Einan. Um, I would have liked one of the gem thieves to survive, just to add that tension. That dynamic, yeah. Because there'll be a guilt aspect there, or perhaps there won't be, and perhaps someone would have seen them, and there'll be a moment later on where it's like, I saw you, you were the one speeding, you're the one who caused this crash, rather than just the constant, because I get it, there would be anxiety and there would be anger, but it seems like constant, Sylvester Stallone, you don't know what you're doing. We hate you. We want to get out of here, but we don't want to follow you. But we've got no ideas of our own. And it was just a constant bickering and arguing at him rather than what would have been nice. Like if there was, a, I mean, it's boring and I would have hated it. But if Madeline had had the affair with the father and there was a thing there and she yeah. was Linda or whatever. And if there had been a gem thief, just a bit more. But then... Maybe another person would sit here and argue there's already a fucking flood and the explosions <laughs> happening all the time. Like, we don't also need people to have their own issues. And even if they did have those issues, surely they would put them aside to survive. Yeah. And it would be unrealistic to have. But then you would just, I don't know, just write it better. Like, <laughs> maybe you'd get to a point where those tensions can be heightened and they do cause, they therefore cause something rather than just oh no, I guess the water's coming in now because... And that was a really nice moment because I thought... I think it was when they just left George. So again, I was still clinging on to the hope that I was like, I haven't technically seen him die. I haven't seen his corpse yet. So he can come back at any point. And there's like a hole that appears in the ceiling far away. And they're all going, oh no, which should have been an indication to me to go, oh no. But instead I was like, George? (laughs) Like, have you regained the use of your limbs? And are you, like, hacking through to come and join them? No, it was just the water falling in, which was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's fun. Now they're going to drown. 
Um, so you you needed when uh, when Stallone and Madeline are at the end, it just coming out swimming out. You needed George to just like bob up next to them and yes, quite a raft for them to to cling on to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did. Still, of course. I really did. I <clears throat> was genuinely so convinced that he was going to be okay, even when they were like, "My neck's broken, isn't it?" Yes, <laughs> I was like, "A flesh wound, like you'll be fine," or that someone else the the crane would have hacked in and found him and rescued yeah. him out or just i really thought he was going to survive See, and i, I, was I like, wouldn't have liked how that. dare you i i didn't know i know that. because and this is the thing I, in, while i was thinking about it i was like yeah but if that had happened you would have you would have pushed this movie away as the biggest dumbest pile of shit yes. that was unaf- right. that was too afraid to kill a character but it's, I loved George so much that I was like, let him live. It's Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> I, uh, Billy in Jurassic Park 3 is a character I despise and he dies, as far as I'm concerned, in the, the pterodactyl enclosure and then he's, his twin survives at the end of the film. I don't, I, <laughs> he died and they bring him back because hey, everyone was Billy. I hate Billy. I, I've hated Alessandro Navarro in every film I've ever seen him in because he survives <laughs> Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and that, this yeah. is the thing, though, like, if he's an awful character and he does, like, if they'd brought back fucking Nedry from Jurassic Park 1, you'd be like, fucking why? Uh, I'd be cheering, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Knight is a twat. god. <laughs> uh, you can only bring him back if he then immediately goes to prison. Yes, but, true, yeah. um, But George, I was like, you literally set up the cutest relationship ever. Yeah. And then you don't the two Let nicest people it. in the film. Yeah. The cleverest, funnest, nicest people get the tragic ending. And yeah. I was like, fuck you. Same with the old man who loses his wife and nearly his dog. It's like After having lost his son already. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> the fucking man who had an affair has no consequences for his actions. He's a true villain. <laughs> like, <laughs> in, any, in, a, in a lesser movie, he'd have been punished. But if he's been rewarded for leaving again. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and yeah. fucking Sarah survives after whining. Um, but do you think... Yeah. The, the, so the prisoners have been... They made it out and they're presumably going straight back to prison now as well. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, they were being transported, I assume, to, what, a, yeah. a higher security prison? A lower security prison? Like, I mean, it could have, it could have been something like, uh, as a prisoner being transported, he doesn't have any character witnesses, so there's no one to speak up on his behalf, and he gets stuck with Kit Latura and goes through the film, and at the end of the story goes, you know what, you're right, I'm going to come and speak for you in court as a character exactly. witness. Exactly. no, nothing. Nothing, they're just, <laughs> guess these, just this prisoners. diverse yeah. cast of people are going back to jail, like, hope there's a therapist in there for the trauma that they'll have received. They're being put they back into another be. small confined area they can't escape from. Literally. Good luck to you. Yeah, it's really... <laughs> like I almost expected them to be denied medical assistance. Do you know what I mean? Because um, America. Get back in the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, you go back down there. You can serve your sentence down there. Um, so it's just it feels very much like draft one of a choice of characters. I assume the title comes from the fact that they wanted. They're, they're, they're seeking daylight. Yeah, uh, in George's dying words, he says, get them to daylight. Ah, so he, I he didn't gets hear the title that. Drop. 
Nice. Uh, I did. Yeah. Oh, I missed the roll credits ding moment. I think I was too busy going. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's <laughs> fine. He's not gonna. These aren't his final words. Yeah. He'll speak again. Um, but they don't. They don't come out into daylight. They come out into like a car park. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's, it's, it's inside. It's in. It's in a building. Uh, it's the, <laughs> they had one job. <laughs> like, and I guess you could say that Sylvester Stallone and Madeline pop up in daylight. But like, I don't understand how they got where they got. I did. I mean, I don't know how New York works anyway. But it always confuses me when people are on boats and then they're at the Liberty Statue and then they're somewhere else and they talk about Jersey and I'm like, what's going on? It's, just, it's over the bridge, I think. Oh. They were under. They were in a. a an, a bridge that was going to Jersey that is under the water, I can assume, at some point because the water collapses into the tunnel and then yeah. they they blow up a point and then they're outside the two towers but in the water in daylight, I guess. But he specifically said get them to daylight, not Not Madeline. get yourself so, and one other person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for everyone else to pop up in some, like, car park, I was like, for fuck's sake. Yeah, it, it, oh, man. it does feel like an odd choice because like they came up out of a drain. Essentially, they could have. <laughs> there are drains outside. There are drains on the streets, and like I guess, how much time has passed? Because is it night time when we start going into yes, the tunnel? Yes, and they had three hours of air down there. We're told. So, but it wasn't like four o'clock in the morning. No, it, it was wasn't. like nine p.m. at night. <laughs> so they would be coming up at like midnight, which yeah. would not be sunny. That would not be daylight. Get them to it's, just, it's the little things you guys so uh daylight was nominated for best effects and sound effects editing um for the academy awards and i think that's fair enough stallone was nominated for worst actor at the razzies and as much as i don't like the razzies i feel like that's a, a an okay nomination because the scene where he's trying to save george on his own and he, he he's like George, breathe in, out. In. It's terrible. He's awful oh in that God, scene. It's so <laughs> bad, and you don't know what he's. I. That's why I was really confused. The people started coming over, and it's meant mm. to, the music's telling me that I'm like joyous moment of communal help. But Stallone's acting is jarring it because I'm like, is he freaking out? Is he scared? Is he dying? Like I don't. Know Does he not up. care? Yeah. <laughs> is he ambivalent to the whole thing? Wake up. Um, so that was weird. It also got nominated for the Razzies for Worst Original Song. So I am thrilled to go back and listen to Whenever There Is Love, the love theme from Daylight. They always call them a love theme, and that makes sense when it's like Pretty Woman or, I don't know, Ghost. But Aerosmith. Oh, no, I don't oh, remember Armageddon. there being a love no there's there's not even a love love theme in the plot (laughs) there's there's no there's pre-married people there's two people that were meant to go on a date that's it we have have three couples in this film (laughs) two of which half of them is dead at the end of the film (laughs) another one they still seem to be arguing and then literally kit latour and madeline they're gonna ride an ambulance that's about it they're not together they're not not together like if you wanted Sylvester Stallone to survive the end of this movie, it's just so weird because the whole time I was like, she she walked onto the screen and I was like, she'll end up with Sylvester Stallone. Like, there's our woman. There's the appropriately aged woman. Down on her luck. Yeah, like, there she is. She'll be fine. And, like, he was like, you got guts, kid. You you did the thing with the wire. You're like, you're coming with me, kid. And she's like, I'm so afraid. I was like, she'll get over it. They'll bond. 
Yeah. And at one point, she really... He's like, don't sit alone, sit in groups to stave off the hypothermia. You, she over here with me. goes and sits yeah. by herself. <laughs> so he goes and joins. I'm like, you're a fucking dumb bitch. She just told you to because stay she, in groups. But she wanted him to come over and sit with her. But she then she, like, throws herself on him in a really awkward way. Really, like... I was like, what are you doing, Madeline? Well, he's he's like... been, like, quite handsy with her throughout the... Like, he keeps on, like, touching her back and touching her side throughout they, the, the yeah, whole that's film. that's just a, a man in a movie yeah. is my least favourite thing. Like, <laughs> I just, I just want to have a moment of silence for all of the bruises, for all the leading ladies that have been grabbed in their upper arms by men and shook. Yeah. Moment of silence. It's just not fair. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I laughed. Well, I didn't laugh. No, it's, it's not very funny. I didn't film. laugh at all, <laughs> actually. <laughs> not one bit was funny, even the bits that were trying to be. Um, it really wasn't funny. There's one joke and it's the end. Yeah, and it's, it's in bad taste. <laughs> it's very bad taste. Like, fucking people died. Um that's really interesting because I was going to be like I laughed I cried like I cried but I didn't laugh at all in fact I got very angry when that was yeah. a joke <laughs> um, and I wonder if injecting humour into this would have made it bad I mean it did at the end but it'd make it a different know. film because yeah. none, none of the characters are really like laugh a minute uh, wife cracking uh, no one's there for comedic relief well it, Vigo could have been because yes. he makes them laugh yeah, he could have been, or like uh, one, one of the prisoners could have been just like a, a funny guy rather than a just wise, cracking around. drug yeah. dealer instead of like a yeah. I still think one of the gem thieves should have survived. Yes, that I, I cool. think it would have been better. Do you think it would have been better with your superpowered subplot? <laughs> I want to see it now. I want to see a daylight where because you've got characters who again in that situation it'd be really interesting because you've got a bunch of prisoners who are, like, clearly angry at the system. Yeah. Then you've got a man who's had an affair and his wife and his 14-year-old daughter who's very angry with him. And now, all of a sudden, it'd be like the Incredibles on steroids, like the anti-Incredibles, because she would she take her anger out on her dad? Would it be, like, the power uh, yeah. where she suddenly can, like, shoot lightning or whatever? Um, then you've got the the New York writer. That's what I was going to say just to go back to her really quickly I was like please please don't 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 do it don't do what I think you're gonna do and she doesn't there is a look that she has at the end of the film and I went I could interpret it this way but I'm gonna interpret it that way because I was waiting for her to go I finally have an idea for my play (laughs) (sighs) and I would have been like how dare you (laughs) I would not have put it past this film. (laughs) And I was waiting for it, and she has a look at the end that looks a bit like she's thinking, this is going to take Broadway by storm. Quick, someone get me a typewriter. And I like to think that she's like, I'm alive, and that's a good thing. Because can you imagine the lawsuits from the people involved being like, are you fucking what? (laughs) The, The film ends with her closing a book. Like daylight by, yeah. <laughs> by I, I Madeline honestly, Thompson. I was I like I waved over and saw that there was only fifteen minutes left when her and Stallone were still in the tunnel. So I was like, "Phew!" Like, there's not going to be time afterwards where 
the girls' foot cam footage of Viggo Mortensen was shown on TV, or we're not going to go to Broadway and like have a standing ovation for Daylight, the play. Oh, it's, it's, the, um, it's the red carpet with her and Kit Latura walking, walking up it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all the people are there... Like, like they're getting closure from this performance. The prisoners the still in row. handcuffs, but they get to yeah, go. To the, they but get they're to allowed to watch the show. <laughs> I really, really thought that that's where it's going. But what's nice about disaster movies, I guess, is that like once you're out of the disaster, the movie ends, and yes. there's nothing to wrap up. Um, that, that is the best. So. Like, actually, um, that's not always the case. Like Speed. Like when they get off the bus, there's still like half an hour of film left after they get off the bus. Oh god, I haven't seen <laughs> in years. There's a whole like train sequence. Oh yeah, because yeah. that's when he gets his head. I'm taller. Off. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Um, so I'm really happy that that didn't happen because yes, they established yes. her as a writer and I was like, she's going to fucking write about this, isn't she? I mean, she probably is. You're right what she you know. She probably is. So. Um, but no, so she would have been fun to have powers. Like maybe she gets like telekinesis or something or, or, or the ability to read minds so she's able to like write really good characters or something. I don't know. It just, it just would have been really fun and especially if it had stayed in this tunnel so they still had to be dug out of the tunnel but they all have these powers, but no one's powers are enough to, like... No one's got super strength to move the tunnel rocks out of the way or whatever. And even if they did, there'd still be, like, the pressure involved. Someone can fly, but, like, you're you're trapped in the tunnel still, so it's really unhelpful. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I like (laughs) it. It's great. Someone could, like, swim really well. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and they, like, help everyone through. Yeah. Um, and then, but then you'd have to have only half the movie in the tunnel. So then you'd have the second half of the movie out of the tunnel that then wraps up all the storylines. Where right. that's when Sylvester Stallone is really having to be like, please, no one use this for evil. And one of the prisoners starts taking it out on the police force or whatever. And yeah, I don't know. The, the dad turns invisible so he can go and sleep with his yeah. Side. yeah. <laughs> and the door keeps trying to shoot lightning at him. Um. Yeah. I think yeah. we've got a winner here. Let's, let's get, I think let's, so. Let's go. <laughs> Especially in today's climate where they're like, a what, what movie? Absolutely, you're green. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Elevator pitch, daylight with superpowers. Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I genuinely really enjoyed it. I Good. wasn't like, ew, what has he made me watch? Um, as someone that's new to the genre, it was a nice introduction. I now understand the tropes. I now, now I have to be much more guarded with my emotions because not everyone makes it out. Um, so yeah. Really fun. Good. Well, I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad you uh, you didn't hate it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't. There are several par- problems, but um, what movie doesn't have problems? Anything by Edgar Wright. But that's agreed. The point. Yes, one hundred percent. But yeah, yay! Thank you so much for coming oh, no. on. Thank um, you for having me. You've already talked about Deep Blue Sea, but like, where can we find it, and what else yes. have you got going on? Okay, well, yeah, it's Deep Deep Blue Sea. The podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be found. If you can't, if you can't find it somewhere, then let us know, and we'll. we'll put it there uh, we finished doing the first deeper sea we're now on to the sequels because there was a deeper sea two and three that went straight to wow. dvd they are lesser than the first one we're halfway through two at the moment but we just had uh, the director and star of deeper sea three on uh, oh, wow. it, which is what's going to drop this week so john pogue and tanya raymond uh so that was a, a fun chat so we're going through those chapter by chapter there's only 10 chapters in deeper sea two and 11 oh, wow, in much three. so much much shorter and as, as yeah. same length film much lo- longer chapters <laughs> <laughs> which is fine because like i say uh deep sea 2 is, is uh, less good than deep sea 1 but we're having a fun time talking about it yeah um, 
but you can also i have a, a blog life versus film.com life vs film which is mainly my just reviewing films my, my main mission in life is to go through the 1001 movies you must see before you die list which yes. is a, a, a terrible thing to do because it's yeah. lots of lots of terrible films on there uh, very, very few with, with sharks and a very few disaster movies. Lots of, <laughs> lots of worthy dramas that, yeah, frankly, I'm never in the mood like, for. Yeah, literally, like if it's nominated for an Oscar, I'm not interested. Yeah, you've got you know your your eight hour uh, documentaries on the Holocaust, that kind of thing. Uh, which yeah, I watched. I watched Shoah <laughs> no whilst building a bookcase. In the mood for that, <laughs> right? Like. But yeah, you kind of plow through and you you get through. Yeah. You know what? The Holocaust was a terrible thing. I agree. Yeah, I get it. Thanks, <laughs> I Shoah. I don't deny it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm reviewing that. It's a slow progress. I've been doing it for a, about 10 years at this point, and I'm nowhere near halfway. <laughs> it's taken me a while. Uh, but also, I I was the host of the Lambcast for seven years, which, and Emily, you've been on a couple of times, and you'll be on again. You've, you you joined just after I left. So well, this I is the first time our paths have crossed. Yeah, it wasn't uh, on purpose, I promise. I didn't wait. <laughs> just waiting I, for I me to go like, and then you were <laughs> uh, But I do a monthly uh, movie trivia show on there, which you're going to be on soon, uh, Lampady, uh, which is always fun. So check that out over on the Lambcast. And the Lamb itself, large, the large association of movie blogs, largeassmovieblogs.com, is exactly what it sounds like. It is a large association of movie blogs. We have over 2,000 members of wow. movie blogs and podcasts. And anyone out there who has one or would like to start one, then please get in touch. We'd love to have you as part of the community. Uh, but thank you very much for having me having me on. This has been a lot of fun. I, Yay, I, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being my introduction into the genre of action disaster Stallone. <laughs> I'm not sure how many Stallone's done actually in terms of disaster movies, but this is. Uh, I'm sure all is, of them are disaster movies. In may, one way maybe, or another. maybe. But there are. Uh, the, the, the 1970s was kind of the disaster movie heyday, so there's a lot to check mm. out from that, that era. The, the airport films, the airport franchise is, is terrific. Oh, God. Uh, and the, the Poseidon Adventure, Towering Inferno, that kind of thing. Uh, when you get to Earthquake, that's when they start getting terrible. If it stars Charlton, <laughs> Charlton Heston, it's probably not a great one. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> you damn dirty ape! Indeed. That's all I know that, about that, him. I mean, that, that's a fantastic film. The, the yeah. <laughs> franchise is incredible. Could we argue that that's a, a disaster movie? It, it could be debated. It's, it's a lot of things. It's a disaster sci-fi time travel. Uh, who knows? Many things. Drama. Romance. Yes. Yeah. I don't remember. I think there is some of both of those in there. Um, Probably. I've never so seen the Tim Burton version. I think there's don't, more romance no, no, in that don't. one. <laughs> I, it's, it's awful. But my, my happiest memory is watching that with my mum. And uh. about... Halfway through, her turning pin's like, how did they train these monkeys to talk? <laughs> Which... <laughs> oh, you mean the ones that look like Tim Roth and have on the bottom card? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just happened to find a monkey that looked like George uh, Michael Clark Duncan and trained him to talk. <laughs> okay. <That's so> funny. <laughs> she also asked when Lord of the Rings oh, was set. Man. So, you know. I mean, yeah. Pre-history. Pre-history. <laughs> Pre-pre-pre-pre-history. <laughs> Oh, yay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. And we'll see you next time on Where This Film. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Hi, Stephen. Hi, Emily. How do you feel about doing a podcast series looking at the film career of Barbara Millicent Roberts? Mm, I don't 
believe I know her. What kind of movie is she in? Oh, well, the movies are full of action, adventure, strong female characters, important messages for children, literary adaptations, rotoscope, original musical numbers, and quite often some ballet. She currently has 38 titles to her name, with more on the way, including a live-action vehicle. Well, that sounds really interesting. In a Barbie world, coming soon to the Why This Film platform. Wait, what? Barbie? New episodes every Thursday.